Hey, what's up you guys? This is Tiffany Hart and welcome back to another episode of Tiffany's Box. Well, you guys, it has been quite a long time since I have seen you, almost a month. And I definitely, first off the top, want to apologize for that because it was an unexpected break but it was a very much needed break and we're gonna get into all of that I this is gonna be our catch-up episode we're gonna just talk about some things that have been going on for me on my side um, and then we're gonna talk about some of the things that we're gonna get into um, for the month of July so I uh, hope you guys are ready and let's get into it so first thing that we're going to talk about um as i said is some updates so i am almost out of my first trimester um i have about two and a half weeks to go so for those of you who may be new to the episode once again my name is tiffany hart um and i am having my first pregnancy and with this first pregnancy, um, I am high risk. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that also involves this episode. So that you guys can understand some of the things that I have to deal with daily as well. Um, so like I said, uh, as of today, I am 11 weeks and four days. So um, with that being said, there's a lot of things that happen in the first trimester. Um, as far as symptoms go for me personally, um, fatigue was my biggest symptom. Um, and I'm not a person that generally takes naps, but I was getting off of work and falling asleep on the ride home. Yes, I don't drive, so my husband drives me to work and brings me home. So I would be falling asleep in the car, and I'm talking about, it was a good, good sleep. I'm not talking about like a little tiny, old 10 minute cat nap. No, I was taking like full bone sleeps that when I got up, when I woke up and we were home, got home, I was like, Oh my gosh, that was the best sleep ever. And then I will wake up and then I would still have to come in the house and still lay down. And we live about 20 minutes from my job. So uh, fatigue was one of my biggest symptoms. Um, one that a lot of people worry about when it comes to being pregnant is morning sickness. And um, thankfully for me, that wasn't my biggest symptom. I did have a lot of nausea. Um, but for me, I never actually threw up. Um, so that was a good thing. But the nausea would come at any time of the day. Um, they call it morning sickness because sometimes it can be super bad in the morning because you have that period of you not eating. Um, and so when you wake up, your stomach doesn't have anything on it and it can be very bad. So a lot of times if you are experiencing morning sickness um, severely, they will tell you to make sure you have like some crackers and like water by your bedside. So in the morning you can take some crackers to help settle your stomach. I do remember that there were some days um, where the nausea was so bad that that's all I could eat for like the first part of the day. I'm talking about like till like about 12, 1 o'clock. That's all I could do was 
chew and eat on crackers and lay in the bed. Um, and sometimes I would wake up and get ready for work and I would be so exhausted that I just, I couldn't make it into work. I literally had to rest. Um, and so with that, the most important thing is to listen to your body, especially during this time. Um, it's a very critical part of um, the growing process for the baby. A lot of things are happening. This is when their organs are forming. Um, this is when a lot of their bodily functions and everything, their systems are starting to come into place. And so you have to listen to your body during that time. And um, so for me, that's what was happening for the podcast as well. That's why I haven't been here and I haven't been present for about a month or so because between me working full time and um, having the gestational diabetes and just, you know, normal pregnancy symptoms that I had to manage, it was really hard for me. Um, and so I had to focus on me and myself um, because the baby is, you know, a part of me and I'm its home for the next few months. Um, and so it's important that I do what I have to do for my body so that that way I could, you know, give the best that I could. And so um, I had to take those. I had to take a break from the podcast um, because I, I was kind of stressing out about getting episodes to you guys Um and so now they say during your second trimester, you start to have an increase in energy. And I don't know about everybody else. I know for some people that's not true. But for me, it definitely is um, because I can tell that because I'm ending my first trimester that I have more energy than I used to. Um and that's a good thing. So uh, we're going to start having podcast episodes again regularly. Um, we're still going to go have them launch on Tuesday mornings. Um, and other than that, nothing's pretty much going to change. Like I said, we're going to talk about some of the things later on in the episode that we'll have to look forward to for this month of July. Um, <clears throat> but until then... Um, I thought I'd take some time to talk about my pregnancy because that is the real reason that I haven't been able to be here with you guys. Um, so for me, um, first and foremost, I have um, something called PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and with that, that basically means that I have a natural imbalance of hormones. Um, and for many people that have it, uh, you tend to have more testosterone in your body than estrogen. Um, now for me, um, I know the last time I had my levels checked, um, when I got my blood work done, my testosterone levels weren't extremely high as they could be. Um, however, in the beginning, when I was a teenager, I really was experiencing irregular periods. Um, and, you know, um, when I would have my period, it was severe. It was extreme. I had extreme cramps, um, extreme fatigue. I would have um, cramping all through my legs. 
And um, so that's the kind of stuff that would be the problem that I would have um, with that. Now, in the beginning, I didn't know what PCOS is, and it's still a fairly new diagnosis that people are going to, are dealing with. Um, but now you can get a blood test, and I found out. Let's see, I found out when I was about maybe seventeen or eighteen. Um, again, my sister was uh, knew about it, and she told me when I go to my next, you know, GYN appointment to have my doctor check me for it. And when they check you for it, you kind of just tell them the symptoms that you're having, and then they give you a blood test. And the blood test, like I said, is able to tell you, you know, whether you have, you know, extremely high testosterone levels or what, you know, is going on. Um, so with that also comes infertility. It's a big, scary word that a lot of us don't like to talk about. Um, but it's important that we talk about it because, um, it affects a lot of people and actually PCOS, if I remember correctly, the numbers may have changed recently affects about one in eight women. That's one in eight women. And a lot of times we don't even know that until we've tried all of these ex other medicines and, um, they often will try to put you on birth control to try and regulate your hormones. And for me, being on birth control was the worst. Um, it made me super moody, super angry. And so I had to come off of it. And I would often get on birth control for however many months. And then after that, I would end up doing having a breakthrough bleeding where my body was like no we don't need this birth control so i would end up having to come off of it anyway and coming on and off of something like that that balances your hormones can be really rough um so um pcos can be um is not there's no cure for it but it can be managed. You can lessen your symptoms and the effect that things have on you. A lot of it is your diet as well um, because we're prone to being insulin resistant. That also means that we have to watch the amount of sugar that we take in. Um, and these are all things that I know now, but I didn't know before. So, you know, we have to watch the sugar that we take in. We have to watch, like, the amount of grain that we take in because, you know, carbs turn into sugar. Um, and you also have to watch, like, your dairy, your soy. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do um, that you would have, that you can, you can do to watch that. Um, and now, nowadays, they have people that have, like, a, there was a Facebook group I was a part of that um, there's a person that has PCOS and she set up a whole diet plan, um, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat that helps balance your hormones. And it really does work. A lot of the people in the group have had success in that because when you're a woman and you're dealing with infertility, it is the scariest thing, especially when you really want kids. Um, and so to know that you have that possibility that you that is going to be difficult for you to have kids is something that you know is very scary and very daunting and when you are find that person that you are in love with and you want to have kids with you don't want anything to stand in your way
So a lot of people start this diet um, that she has. Um, and her name is uh, Kim Campbell, if you want to look her up. And she spells Kim, K-Y-M, and Campbell is spelled like the soup. Um, and she has a list of like all, like a list of foods to avoid. Um, and it can be a daunting task. I'm not saying that it's easy. Because when you have to look at everything that you're putting into your body, it's rough. However, the great thing about food choices nowadays is that we have specialty stores like, you know, a Wegmans or um, there's a store we have in Maryland called Moms and it's called it's Moms, I think is the name of it. And then there's another one called Sprouts. Um, so all these different like health food stores that strip down foods. And if you need anything in particular, you know, you can go to these stores and you can buy it. It can be costly. Um, but when you're really on that road to having a baby, um, at that point, there's no cost that's too great. Um, and so for me coming back, circling back to me with me having PCOS, um, I knew kind of early. And so there were things that I, I, I didn't really know to avoid because when I found out, I did not know about this group and I did not know about this person. So, um, I was constantly doing the birth control, like I said, coming on and off of that. So I'm sure that didn't help me. Um, but <clears throat> Just naturally, um, maybe about a year, no, maybe about like two years ago, um, I had a health scare where I had my sugar, where I was super dehydrated and my sugar was high. Now, I have a history, a family history of diabetes and high blood pressure. So I'm already at super high risk. Thankfully, I have been able to make some dietary changes um, to allow me to get off of high blood pressure medicine. However, with the PCOS, the sugar levels are even harder for me to control. Um, and also, sugar is, in a, is addictive. If you've ever tried to like stop drinking sodas, for instance, just like for a week, after a couple of days, your body is instantly craving a soda and you're trying to figure out why. It's because it's addicted to the sugar and the caffeine that you were putting in, that you were getting from the soda. So, you know, I had made those changes because I don't, I, I don't, I never wanted to be on insulin. Um, that's something that scared me. To me, that was like the extreme of diabetes, meaning that it was uncontrolled. Um, and I didn't like having that feeling of having to pay for insulin, for instance. And, you know, just having to constantly put insulin in your body. Um, that was something that I was pretty, I was pretty scared of. So... With my PCOS, as I've talked about before, I did have a previous miscarriage. And so when I got married to my husband, um, I, w I knew I wanted kids and I'm older. So I already knew that with those two combined, I kind of wanted to start right away. Um, and so 
I would, I had, me and my husband had a discussion and we kind of already knew that we were going to start pretty much right away, especially because my husband is older than I am. So, um, I was always nervous about starting a family. I honestly did not think that I was going to get pregnant this soon. I mean, seriously, I really thought that, oh, it would have to be trying for like several months. I had already, in fact, researched things to try and make it easier um and when we started i had started like ovulation tracking which was pretty cool for me because i kind of like that you know i'm a nerd at, at times so i like that sciencey stuff and so um i was tracking my ovulation tracking my fruits my fertile days and it was weird for me because i had never gone through those steps before but it's a amazing journey i can't wait to tell this child about like how i literally watch you coming like I, I was literally tracking my ovulation so i could see when you know my peak ovulation days were and when it was the perfect time to try for a baby and i i basically i i saw this baby coming and so um that's probably what makes this baby uh so even more special is because it was this baby is really wanted and i i really loved my first child as well i i wanted all my children i'm known from a young age that i wanted to be a wife and a mom my mom has pictures of me taking care of my baby dolls as if they were babies i mean i had like the baby um cradle i had a baby stroke like a baby car seat like toy car seat and i would literally take my babies and strap them in the back of the car seat i would buy them actual baby clothes from the thrift shop my mom had i know how to swaddle a baby because my mom would have me swaddle my baby dolls ever since i was young so i've always known that this is something that i wanted um and so um with me having the pcos diagnosis and um, with me knowing that I wanted to have kids, I had cut out a lot of sugar from my diet. So as far as like sodas and juices um, and things like that, I had cut all of that out. And it was amazing to me how just cutting out like just sugary drinks changed everything. Um, it allowed me to focus on, okay, what is it that I really want when I want a soda? Is it the sugar or is it the carbonation? For me, it's the carbonation. It's not about like, oh, it's, it tastes good because it really just tastes like sugar. Um, and so I was able to find, you know, sparkling water. I really got into sparkling water and I love sparkling water now. And I'm able to flavor it with like, you know, crystal lights and things of that nature. Um, and as far as juices, like I'm, I, I found a juice that I'm able to get. I actually get it from our local like dollar dollar store, and it's a diet juice, but it, it tastes good to me. Um, and so I'm able to focus on those things. Um, unfortunately, with this pregnancy, because I still am a plus size girl, um, and the sugar is not completely controlled. I did get diagnosed with gestational diabetes. And what that means is that um, with the baby and the placenta that feeds the baby, the placenta that is inside actually increases your sugar levels. 
So if you're already borderline diabetic, um, then when you have a placenta, it shoots your levels up. And it shoots anybody that's pregnant levels up. But if you are, you know, you don't have obesity on your side and you don't have, you know, your di- your, no- your diabetic numbers are in order, then you won't have to worry about those things affecting you. Um, so, just and they said with the gestational diabetes, it means that I will have it the entire course of my pregnancy. Um, unfortunately, I do have to take insulin now. I hate that part of it. Um, and I had a rough time in the beginning because I felt like I couldn't eat anything, right? But now it means that I have to change up my diet and I have to eat certain things. I really have to watch my carbs. I really have to watch my sugar, which in the beginning was hard for me because one of my favorite, like, favorite cheats is cake. Like, I love me a good slice of, you know, buttercream cake. And I can't eat that right now. Um, Fortunately, I have tried to have, like, uh, make healthy cake. And the baby doesn't seem to like cake. I don't know whose child this is. That must be getting it from their father. But, like, it does not like, um, like, rich foods right now. So, like, I've had, like, the the cake was okay. But the icing, like, that's the part that the baby didn't like. I could tell, like, as I was eating it, if I kept eating it, I was going to throw up. As far as cheesecake goes, I tried that too. It does not like the richness of cheesecake. Now, to me, it looks delicious, but if I eat it, I'm probably not going to make it. I'm going to make it about halfway through before I'm like, okay, I have to stop or else I'm literally going to throw this up. So that's a good thing. Um, But with that, that means that I have to constantly monitor my numbers all throughout the day. That helps me make choices about um, what I'm going to eat. Um, and as far as the insulin, I have to take insulin three times a day. Um, and so it was a lot, a lot to, to kind of get used to a lot of adjustments because that's not something that I had to do in the beginning. Um, and so that's another reason why you guys, I had to take a break because I was so overwhelmed and I had so many appointments because of course now with the gestational diabetes and me having the history of high blood pressure in my family, um, I'm, you know, more prone to certain conditions that can be dangerous for the baby and myself. Um, and so I needed to take a break because in the beginning I was just going with it. Um, I didn't really address my emotions toward it. And then I think that that really backfired on me because I kind of just shut down for a while. Um, but now I'm getting used to the idea. Um, of course that means I have to cook more of my meals at home or, Um, I had to find an alternative um, way to make this easier for me. For me, the best thing to do was being able to um, drink a lot of water. Um, Previously, before I got pregnant, um, starting in November of 2019, yeah, 2019, I had been drinking a gallon of water a day, right? 
and not a big deal like I said I could flavor it with different things there were times that I would flavor it with you know um ice cubes that I made like or fruit or like infuse it or like I said my crystal light or any zero sugar added you know things that I could put in there um but when I got pregnant the baby did not like tap water <laughs> and for me that's what I was drinking was tap water um so I had to switch to like a more expensive type of water for the beginning of the pregnancy but now um since everything seems to be kind of settling down and my body is settling down as well, um, I'm able to go back to drinking my gallon of water a day. And believe it or not, that's a huge, 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 huge difference in my sugar numbers. As long as I drink my gallon of water a day, um, for the most part, I can pretty much eat anything. Um, I still have to be careful because there are some things that are like, okay that's that's a lot of carbs or that's a lot of sugar um and i have to be careful of that but having that freedom or realizing what things will help me um to keep my sugar levels down is a big change so you know i just want to encourage anybody that's out there that even if you can't change everything just just focus on one thing I'm still working on my food choices. Um, and if I want like um, some type of like dessert, I have to make it. So I have to make it with like, you know, almond flour and coconut flour and um, monk fruit uh, sugar instead of regular sugar. Or, you know, some recipes will tell me to use Splenda or Risperol. These natural sugars that are you know better for you and they don't spike your blood pressure or your your blood sugar like everything else does um so uh we have that along with the gestational diabetes they said what's going to happen is um they will have to increase my insulin like every week so don't be surprised if that happens because as the baby grows the placenta is doing a lot more work uh but they said that once I have the baby and deliver the baby and the placenta, which is often also called the afterbirth, um, that everything will go back to normal. My levels will go back to normal. And I personally cannot wait for that. So um, that's a little bit of backstory as to what I have been going through in these past couple of months. So... What we're going to do now is I want to talk to you guys about some of the other things that we're going to talk about for this month of July, right? So July is a big time when people go on vacation and it's a time for, especially now that everything, the world is starting to open back up because of COVID, um, the COVID number is going down. I'm not going to say that it's gone because it's not completely gone, but a lot of states are lifting their restrictions. I know here in Maryland, the restrictions are lifted. And talk about that. In the beginning, I was so against, like, oh, no, I'm still going to wear my mask. And I'm fully vaccinated. I had to get vaccinated because of my husband um, before we got married. And... I find myself now super happy to not have to wear my mask. 
I know that there are some out there that may just decide, well, I'm just not going to wear my mask anyway. However, I'm a big person on telling the truth and being truthful. So when I do that, I if somebody decides to pull me up in any store, I have my card to show that I'm fully vaccinated. I'm not sure about others that may not have it, but I feel like that's a little bit of a selfish reason to do so. I know it's not required anymore, but there are a lot of stores that require you to wear your mask if you're not fully vaccinated. So um, that's that's an interesting thing. But since that is the case and since I am vaccinated, I feel a little bit more safer to go out and go on vacation. So I definitely am planning on going to a beach at some point this summer. I haven't gone to a beach in over two years and I really need to get my toes in the sand and I really cannot wait, especially because I know that the baby is coming. I really need to go to the beach and experience that, um, that calmness that you get when you sit and just listen to the waves and all of that. So I can't wait to go. Um, so through this, throughout this month of July, um, one thing we're going to talk about is a lot of vacations. And we're going to focus on a few different subjects of that. One is going to be um, staycations. We're also going to talk about weekend road trips, which is something that I'm probably going to be doing a lot of because I have to save my time for when I do um, have the baby. Uh, we're also going to talk about different festivals and events that are going around um, in Maryland, particularly, and outdoor entertaining. Um so for that episode, I think what we're going to do is talk about if you have an outdoor space, what are some things that you can do if you feel comfortable of inviting, you know, a certain amount of people over your house, or if you just decide to do it with your family, what's some different recipes and like drink recipes, even though I can't drink right now, <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of really good recipes, um, or just, you know, fun food things that you can do with the family. So that's what we're going to talk about for this month of July. Um, and that theme for the whole month is going to be summer fun. So you want to focus on ways that we can have fun this summer because we have been cooped up in the house for a year and a half, right? And I know we're all excited to get out. And the best way to get out and have fun with people is to do it outside. So um, that is going to wrap up this episode for Tiffany's Box. Like I said, I'm going to see you guys next week. Next week, we will be talking about staycations and weekend road trips. I'm going to combine the two since I took this week to talk about um, the baby and I. Oh, also, fun fact. Um, we will be finding out the gender early. Um, one of the things that we're able to do because we have to get this testing and blood work and everything done. Um, you would get that done anyway during this, around this time. It's the, the normal testing to make sure there aren't any um, defects with the baby, um, anything that we need to know about ahead of time. And so some of these blood tests within them, we're able to find out what the gender of the baby is. And since it's our first one and we're super anxious to know, especially me, because then I can kind of, 
tailor my baby registry to word toward you know girly things or boy things or whatever it's going to be and that way I can also shop for clothes freely <laughs> uh, because I have to like when I shop I have to be able to be there kind of now to look and get like browns or greens or yellows like gender neutral colors um but I do want to find out what the sex of the baby is going to be so I will be keeping you guys posted with that I actually think it's going to be about a month before we know that as well because I get the test in about I will get the blood work done in about two weeks and then I think they said it's like a week to two weeks before we'll get the results back of that so I'll be keeping you guys posted about that as well. But in the meantime, um, always remember your focus determines your reality. And I will see you guys next week. Bye, lovies. Get out of